Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing in the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the fourth chapter. And we're in the midst of examining uh, the account of Jesus being tempted by the devil. Let's go back to the first chapter and we'll read all the way through it, okay? Chapter 1 of Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So we've seen these verses up to this point in time, and we see where uh, what's going on, that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, and the purpose was that he would be tempted and tempted by the devil. So at one point in time here, we see that the devil is called the devil. Another verse, he's called the tempter. We're about to see where he's called Satan. Okay? The Lord sort of clarifies all this for us, right? So the pattern was that Jesus was uh, very hungry, hadn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights. The enemy tries to get him to satisfy his physical needs of his own volition. And Jesus says, no, no, a man shall not live by bread alone. I'm not going to abuse this. I'm not going to do that. Well, when Jesus quotes the scripture, the next time the enemy tempts him, the enemy quotes scripture back at him. The enemy will do that, will quote scripture at you. And Jesus says, Basically, yeah, what you say is true, but on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to a test. Now, let's press on. Verse 8 says this. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Now, this is this is sort of interesting because it's the devil takes him. Okay, the devil takes him to a very high mountain. <clears throat> so, uh, Jesus would not have gone anywhere unless the Father allowed him to go there. Remember what he says in John 17, I didn't do anything you didn't tell me to do. I didn't say anything you didn't tell me to say. But here apparently the the devil was initiating these things. We don't know how he took him. We don't know if they zapped him. We don't know if they walked there, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We just know that the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I suspect that this is a a combination of a geographical type of experience, but then also a uh, metaphysical type of experience where he could see all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And then the devil said this to Jesus in verse 9. And he said to him, All these things I will give you 
if you fall down and worship me. That right there is so much the bottom line of everything that we encounter within the scripture. The enemy rebelled against God. The enemy wants to be God, but he can't be God because the enemy is a created individual. He's not God. He can't create ex nihilo. He doesn't have that kind of power. He's powerful, yes, but he doesn't have that power. And he's wanting the worship that belongs only and exclusively to the Most High God. So now he's trying to manipulate Jesus and say, Hey, I will give you all these kingdoms if you fall down and worship me. And quite often people say, well, he couldn't do that because he doesn't own these kingdoms and it's not his right to give these kingdoms. Ah, but I beg to differ. (laughs) Uh, He does. When man did what man did in the Garden of Eden and rebelled against God, man abdicated that which God had granted unto him. We literally abdicated it and gave it over to the evil one. And so the evil one could say, hey, I'll give you all these things if you'll just bow down and if you'll fall down and worship me. Now, let me show you verse 10. This is Jesus' response. And, folks, this is how we really need to be in every situation, in every circumstance. Jesus said to him, go, Satan. So he tells him to get lost. He says, go. Anyway, and notice that this tempter is called the tempter. It's called the devil, called Satan in each one of these three accounts. Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, Jesus uses scripture. He's using the word of the Lord to defend himself against the evil one. Verse 11 tells us, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began ministering to him. And the him is Jesus. So the devil left him. And you know, I think... uh, <clears throat> Another gospel has that count of this. It says that the devil left him uh, for more until a more opportune time. That's a great little phrase, right? For a more opportune time. That opportune time was likely in the Garden of Gethsemane right before Jesus was killed later that day. You know, the enemy comes. And so that's probably when that was. <clears throat> so what do we do? What do we learn from this? Even Jesus himself was tempted. Again, as I shared a couple episodes ago, so often we think that when we're being tempted, that we are failures. If there's something wrong with us, there's something wrong with our faith. And if we were just right, if we were just strong, we'd never be tempted. No, that's not true at all. But how do we handle the temptation? Jesus was out in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights fasting that time, communing with the Most High God that time. And it was when he was at his weakest physically, that the enemy comes, tempts him with satisfying <clears throat> his uh, physical needs, okay? tempts him <clears throat> with saying, hey, I will give you all this power. I will give you all these things. See, what the enemy knows is all this is rightly the most high God, that all this is going to be God's. Did the enemy know at this time? Because he knew who Jesus was. He knew that Jesus was God. But did he know the plan? Did he know what Jesus had come to earth for? Did he know why Jesus had taken on uh, his creation, taken on a body, as Philippians says, clothed himself in that way? And did the enemy know why Jesus did that? Uh, 
Yes. The enemy knew why, because the enemy knows that God is seeking to restore all creation back to him, because the enemy took it. But the enemy doesn't know how and doesn't know what the plan is. And that's the reason that the enemy went ahead and killed Jesus and thought he was being victorious. Another portion of the scripture tells us that if the evil one had known what was going on with Jesus, with Jesus being crucified, how he would rise from the dead, and how that was the plan to bring forth victory and salvation. If the enemy had known that, he would have never done it. It's really a no-brainer when you think about it, right? So the enemy knows some things, but he doesn't know all things. So here he comes, he tempts Jesus. He tempts him within the arena of physical things. He tempts him within the <clears throat> arena of uh, power, you know, getting that goal that you've always wanted, those things you've always wanted. He tempted him within the arena of uh, uh, religion and status, you know, what the Lord had said about him. You know, the angels will watch over you. There's not going to be anything that happens to you, etc. All that was true. All that was true. But Jesus would not abuse any of that and would not allow the enemy to abuse it. So Jesus just comes right back and says, but on the other hand, here's what the scripture says. That's the reason we must know the word of God. It is a major offensive and defensive empowerment that the Lord has given us. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you later.